1: Favre's the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again! <laughs> <laughs> Quick-barger tries it, don't know, long we over, oh, what a gun, what a It's
0: Lucius McCulloch, saved it in! Barry Ferguson does this again!
1: The Hamden Roar is back, and this time, instead of licking our wounds after a savage and potentially fatal attack at the hands of Kazakhstan, we're like a flock of hungry eagles ready to swoop down on the Cyprus team when they arrive at Hamden in a few weeks' time. I'm Andy Barge, and with me is Media Scotland Sports Journalist Ben Ramage. Ben, it's amazing what a popular managerial appointment can do for the mood of the nation, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like a, it's like choking cheese, isn't it? And- <laughs> The once it seems that seems to
0: they've got an appointment that seems to please everyone, you know, fans, pundits, you know, all the players, everyone seems to uh, think that this is the right move. So I think that says a lot. You know, I think that's the first time in a while that they've managed it. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Well
1: we called it, or well we hoped for it anyway, <laughs> uh, back in the podcast about six weeks or so ago. Did you think it was going to happen, Steve Clark's appointment? I was always hopeful. I thought he was
0: the, the standout candidate. Um, but then obviously there's always the risk that you might not get him Um, he might have as as we sort of talked about he might have wanted to move back to England full time Um, he might not have fancied not having a full time coaching position as you do at a club but thankfully his sort of passion for the country and I think the chance to be the man that leads us back that was enough to entice
1: him in Well in his press conference on Tuesday he was announced Monday was it Monday? Mm -hmm can't remember anyway, but when he was announced the following day was his press conference and he says he was humbled, honoured and that it was the pinnacle of his career. It's, uh, it's nice words to uh, hear, isn't it, from someone that we've got high expectations of now. Absolutely. And if
0: you look at the clubs that he's worked at before, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, um, I know West Brom are on the same sort of level, but he also did brilliantly with them in the Premier League. For him to say that this is the pinnacle, I think that shows how much it means to him. Um, maybe we didn't realise quite that before he signed on. And now it's actually, you know, really becoming evident that this was probably on his, you know, wish list of things to do in his career. Um, and hopefully, you know, he makes the most of it.
1: Well, he was introduced earlier this week, as I said. What impressed you in particular about his quotes at um, this conference?
0: Well, I really liked how he sort of laid down a marker straight away about chasing players that had, you know, either retired or were sort of on the fringes. Um, you know, he said he's not going to chase them if you... If they want to be in, they have to unretire themselves. I think he'll be speaking to ones that are on the borderline. I don't think he'll be having to chase them uh, quite as much. But I like that he... I think he's going to suss out exactly who is on 100%. And if that's not the lem- the level that they're prepared to give, then he will build a team without them. Because I think he's going to really try and recreate that club sort of atmosphere where you know who's coming. Unless you're injured and physically cannot be there, you need to be there. Um, and I think that that's our best chance going forward. So I really hope that that that, that does play out, um, and that he doesn't let players sort of pick and choose when they're mm-hmm. turning up.
1: Well, that has annoyed a lot of supporters in the past uh, year, I suppose, since McLeish took charge. Really, some players pulling out of certain games, mm-hmm. especially the, the friendlies against, I think it was Belgium and Portugal, was it we saw a few mm-hmm. happy just to disappear mm-hmm. into into nothing over those few weeks. What immediate changes do you expect then for the Cyprus and Belgium matches? Anything coming to the fore straight away? It's hard to tell.
0: I think there will be more of a hog back to the sort of Walter Smith sort of style where it won't be quite as expansive initially. I think it's going to be a lot about creating a stable base, making us hard to beat, which as a smaller nation is important. Um, so I would expect quite a lot of uh, a focus on the defensive side. Um, just make us difficult to beat again Um, which is obviously going to be vital going over to Belgium I mean that's one of the toughest games you'll get in international football now so I'm not expecting miracles in that I would fully expect us to lose that Um, but I would like it to not be a turnover I'd like it to be okay there's a bit of progress there a wee bit more solid Um, and yeah we'll see where we build after that because the the turnaround is so quick you can't expect him that would be a miracle Uh, you know if we get a draw there after where we're coming from the last few qualifiers that would be incredible and you never know the new manager bounce you sometimes get
1: you know we Kazakhstan got it against us exactly (laughs) so maybe this will be our turn to (laughs) get it I hope well it is interesting the the hard to beat philosophy I I, I obviously do the the commentary for Kelly TV so I've seen them a lot over the past season and when you look on the face of it on paper anyway you look at Kelly's defence and centre-halves in particular and you think they're not third place finishers mm-hmm. in the Premiership. Now, the improvement in Finlay, and this is not me advocating him to be a starter for Scotland, okay, but the improvement in Finlay over the past year mm-hmm. is remarkable. Mm-hmm. He's partnering Kirk Broadfoot, someone who, again, shouldn't be up at that part right. of the league table. There's Scott Boyd who's come in and impressed the times. Alex Bruce signed on a short term deal mm-hmm. and come in and done well in the four or five games they've played. So I think it's very clear to see that although yes it was 18 months but in a relatively short space of time club wise Mm -hmm. Steve Clarke had turned Kilmarnock into a team that was just very hard to break down with a group of I reckon pretty average defenders you'd say they would be mid-table sort of players
0: at best at at this stage and that's no disrespect you know they've, they've done fantastically they're going to be playing in Europe next season but that's testament to what Clark has drilled into them, and that is why he's been a coach at these, you know, at Liverpool, at Chelsea. He has obviously picked up what works, and that is just invaluable. And it is, it's really for the SFA, it was obviously such a clear decision because that is exactly what we're trying to replicate. We don't have world class centre backs at the moment. You know, we have some promising ones and we have some experienced ones. They're not world class, they're playing world class players. So, how do you stop them? How do you stop the opposition? And I think he obviously has this formula. He drills it into the players. He might not have as much time to do it this time at international level, but I still think the basic values and lessons will be there. Um, So, yeah, fingers crossed that will translate.
1: He's already touched on, in his press conference, he said that his training sessions over the coming week before the Cyprus and Belgium games will be very intense. Mm -hmm. And yes, he doesn't have a lot of time to implement the ideas that he, he wants to introduce, But his first two games for Kelly, immediately after being appointed, were Rangers and Celtic away, and we drew both of them 1-1. So that tells you that he's very good at getting his point across quickly, and let's face it, we should be able to go out and beat Cyprus, regardless if Steve Clark was the manager or not. But this now just makes me feel so much more confident, in whatever team we're going to be sending out, are going to be able to do the job. And also, in Belgium away, if we can, and I'm maybe getting ahead of myself here, but if we can just hold firm keep tight frustrate Belgium yes they've got some of the world's best players Hazard and De Bruyne etc that can be a hot knife through butter at Mm -hmm. times but as you say if we can go there restrict them frustrate them and show that there's signs of progress in the immediate aftermath of his appointment it will even if there's a defeat it will lift everyone's spirits Mm
0: -hmm. I could galvanise the Titan army who you could see were just absolutely at their wits end at the end of Mm -hmm. that um, Kazakhstan uh, trip so It is a huge task for Clark to try and switch it on its head. I think the fact that he has the media on his side and so many players and former coaches on his side as well, I think that really does bode well. Because I think to be Scotland manager, you need that. And he's actually very savvy with the media. I I really like the way he speaks to the media. You know, I've heard a lot of stories about him shaking everyone's hand before um, press conferences and things. It helps to keep them on side because that keeps the town army on side, and he understands that that link between the fans and the team on the pitch is huge. And I think that's why he was plugging to try and get so many more fans into the Cyprus game. You know, show the boys that are maybe on the on the fence about coming or not. I know they shouldn't be anyway. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But you know, show them that the, the fans are there for them. And you know, playing to a half-empty Hamden isn't the best way to convince them that this is what they should be doing with their you know, so-called spare time yeah. off-season.
1: There's a, there's a way of looking at it. I think, honestly, if McLeish was still in charge, we would have seen 15,000 maximum mm, at the Cyprus game. Yeah. So although if we can add on another ten to 15,000 on top of that, yes, mm. Hamden will be still factually half-empty, but I think mm. we can look at it as a half-full point of view, yeah. the fact that the appointment has automatically brought another Ten to 15,000 bums on seats. Yes, no, absolutely. And,
0: yeah, like you say, it's just it just shows that there's a bit of uh, belief and a bit of uh, support coming back, which, you know, bodes well for the SFA because okay. it shows that they've hopefully made the right decision for a change.
1: Well, <laughs> one of the priorities that Clark has is to try and sort out the mindset, I suppose, of those who find themselves on the fringes, the more experienced ones like Snodgrass and... Uh, Fletcher's another one that's been mentioned MacArthur's already retired we'll run through a few of the, the names here Matt Ritchie's there Tom Kearney, Snodgrass Fletcher and then MacArthur and McGregor retiring I think Barry Bannon was listed mm-hmm. in the papers as well as one of the exiles mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar that he'd distanced himself from the national team yeah. uh, so when you look at that list there who are the ones that you feel need to be in and around the setup? Uh, I'd say
0: Robert Snodgrass I think he's just the quality that he's shown throughout this season in the English Premier League, I just think we can't afford to have someone with that sort of ability to unlock a defence, we don't have that many players at that level that can do that um, and he, I think he has always played well for Scotland I think there was obviously a bit of a dispute between him and the previous manager but now that can all be swept under the table um, I would definitely have Snodgrass back in um, James MacArthur if he wants I, I don't know if again if he was in a similar um, boat with Snodgrass I'm not sure if that was a fallout from uh, Strachan mm-hmm. um, being removed um, again he is still doing a, a good job uh, in the Premier League um, vastly experienced again has always done well when he's played for Scotland weeks, I yes I so oh. Oh, again I would have him in um, Stephen Fletcher is a strange one I don't think he's really ever said that he was not available but um, I think the last one he was scheduled for that surgery um, so if he's fit I, we, we aren't blessed up front um, I still think he can do a job he's still very good at holding the ball up if we're playing with two wingers that'll be interesting to see whether uh, Clark keeps that formation but it certainly seemed to get the best out of our, our I would argue our best players mm-hmm. which is our wide players
1: Well um, you know that Fletcher's excited just now don't you? Stephen Fletcher? Yeah I didn't know No? How about Clark?
0: Steve Fletcher's uh, pleased about Clark. Yeah, Aye. Yeah, Aye. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant that he was uh, that he hadn't uh, said that he would. Play. Oh no, 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 no. Aye, no. So yeah. you know, I I still think that Steve Fletcher. I know there's always been a bit of a narrative about him, his goal scoring records, but I just think you can't you can't turn down a striker that has done so well in the Premier League, uh, and I
1: I I don't think he's done that badly for Scotland. Well, at the moment, I don't think we're in a position to to say no to Stephen Fletcher if he's available, certainly. Exactly. Um, it's interesting, the James MacArthur one. I'll, I'll explain why, because Kelly's success was largely built on how strong they were in central midfield under Clark. They had mm-hmm. Alan Power and Gary Dicker sitting there as a two. Mm-hmm. We, we are blessed, I think, Scotland-wise, going forward in that kind of attacking midfield number 10 position, Cal McGregor, Armstrong, mm-hmm. Snodgrass if he plays centrally, John McGinn can burst forward. If we do need... Say we do play with a four-three-three with two wingers and we have two holding midfielders. I think that McTominay is a clear option. Mm-hmm. But next to him, who's the next best holding midfielder really that we have? Is it James MacArthur if he's available?
0: Yeah, you would probably have to say uh, you'd take him. Um, it depends if you wanted to play McGregor, I suppose, in that because he can play that sort of sitting role. And I do think that that will be part of the making us harder to beat. I think that will be... And that was actually exposed in Kazakhstan, I think, mm-hmm. when we had the three midfielders, but they were all actually more forward-thinking midfielders. Yeah. You know, what makes us hard to beat, which was the Smith, what Smith's way as well, was the two-sitting, because that just makes that base so solid. You when you're playing a big lines, team... though. Yes, exactly. Um, McArthur, I would p- probably put in that bracket, mm. um, and McTominay as well. Um, see, so yeah, I, I could see that working. So I would,
1: Ryan Jack was in muted in the paper today by... Barry Ferguson mm-hmm. but uh, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if Ryan Jack was around the squad mm-hmm. for me he's not a Scotland starter yep. yet compared to some of the other players we've got if, if James MacArthur did bring himself out of retirement I think he is only 32 uh-huh. so I think, he's got plenty yeah. of time younger than Charlie Mulgrew, for goodness sake so <laughs> if, he, if James MacArthur is interested in coming back to play for Scotland I think if Clark does fancy having two holding midfielders and then one number 10 in front such as Armstrong again mm-hmm. McGregor then I think those would be that would be the best pairing and perhaps allow him to replicate the style that brought him so much success mm-hmm. at, at Robbie Park. Mm-hmm. And
0: I I prefer that formation with the two holding because it allows the ten to to go. You know, it means that he has a lot less um, restriction on his movement and his decision on whether to go forward or not. It just makes everything much more clearer. You know, the two same midfielders, their primary role is to sit and to stop the opposition getting through and then they go forward when the opportunity is Mm -hmm. there but it means that the 10 is free to support the striker which is what we'll need if we play with one striker Mm -hmm. and I think someone like Armstrong can go through teams can go past people but he needs to have that freedom to not be thinking "Oh, I also
1: need to be tracking this guy I need to be uh, working backwards It all comes down to the style and the system that works best for us because ultimately we are going to have good players in that position who just can't get into the team. Look Mm -hmm. at Kenny McLean for example has just been an integral part of the Norwich team that's been promoted Mm -hmm. you've got Stuart Armstrong who I love his style of play. Is he going to get ahead of Callum McGregor in that number 10 position who's been so good for Celtic over the past couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. We are going to have players who aren't in the team but in a positive way can hopefully influence things if it's not Mm -hmm. going well. I think we've we've now got a strong bench especially in a midfield capacity. I think in midfield
0: definitely I still think defence and up front we don't have that sort of uh, depth, strength in depth um, but yeah it's a good problem to have for Clark the, the problem might be is to keeping them all happy and mm-hmm. keeping them coming to trips if they're not playing which
1: I think is something that McLeish and eventually Strachan actually struggled with Kearney for example maybe that's why he's decided he wasn't interested a couple of months ago because he's not guaranteed a place mm-hmm. for Scotland, you know he's not grown up <clears throat> bleeding blue or anything mm-hmm. like that, we've got as well, I'd say the wide positions are pretty much nailed down at the mm-hmm. moment, Forrest and Fraser, if they're both fit mm-hmm. will play wide yeah. That's another problem then for Matt Ritchie if he decides that he wants to come back and play for Clark, is he going to get in the team ahead of, well, Forrest who I think has won four personal accolades yeah. this season, as well as potentially three for Celtic, and then Ryan Fraser who I think was only beaten for assists in the Premier League by Eden Hazard Yeah, exactly. Can you justify a place in the team for Matt Ritchie? You can certainly justify a place
0: in the squad I would certainly have him on the bench as an option. And he's what I would say for Richie is that he's good defensively and I think that might that might tempt Clark even more. The fact that if we're playing someone much more attacking like a Belgium, you know, he offers a lot more in defence than I would argue Forrest does. I rate mm-hmm. Forrest massively Great. now. I wasn't i I've never been his biggest fan, but the last few seasons you just can't argue that he has kicks on massively. But I still wouldn't say he's that the the best in defence. If you need someone to track someone like Hazard or De Bruyne, Richie does that in the Premier League against top opposition every week. Um, so I would certainly argue to have Richie in the squad. But again, that will come down to Clark speaking to him and Clark making sure that he is a hundred percent committed and he will turn up for games against Cyprus.
1: Because if you don't, you know, I, I don't think you're going to be into start, uh, Steve Clark's teams. Speaking of covering the defence, let's touch on. Who actually will be playing in those positions then in, in the back four if, if Clark does decide to opt for that. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that Stephen O'Donnell may be Scotland's first choice right back for the foreseeable just
0: now. I would say for the first few games especially, I mean you saw what happened when we put Palmer in at right back for his first cap in an international, it just didn't work. Yeah. You know What is the point in giving O'Donnell the the games uh, in the close season? And the friendlies, you know, to get him used to the Scotland shirt, to then not use him, I just thought that was absolutely bizarre. And I think the fact, obviously, that he's worked with Clark for the last year and a half, I just think, yeah. I just the, for O'Donnell kind of sums Clark up. I think you know that sort of hard working, um plays above himself. You know, I've spoken to him and he admits that he's not the most gifted player that there's ever been, but he will give a hundred percent. You know, every single game, every single training session, and that's why I'd fully expect to see him there at right back and put in
1: a good shift. Absolutely. What about the centre half positions? We've got McKenna, Mulgrew, Berra, Suter, and Bates, and then on the fringes, Findlay. I think make him into the reckoning, and then you've got Liam Lindsay and Cooper down south playing in the Championship now. So that's eight players that viably could be in the reckoning for a place in the squad. I think four is probably the maximum mm-hmm. you would choose as far as centre-backs go, so is there anyone there that stands out for you as getting a call-up? I'd be interested to see if he calls up better,
0: I feel like he might call someone up that's more experienced um, I think he'll maybe put a bit more importance on that, where McLeish was quite happy to put the kids in against Kazakhstan and you kind of saw what happened there. I that think was Bates he, and
1: McKenna wasn't it? Yeah, yeah you know
0: who had about two caps between them <laughs> you know it's just I think he will really see the experience is going to be important you know he needs those two you need someone experienced in my opinion to bring a younger player through so if you're going to play McKenna or Suter um, I would I would have thought that you would probably have an experienced head next to them and Berra is certainly mm-hmm. he certainly is that Mulgrew as well I think Robertson picks himself at left yeah. back especially with Tierney obviously not being available Um I loved the word from Clark about his first words with Robertson. He said, you know, that Robertson is just like, if everyone's as enthusiastic as Robertson yeah. is, we'll be fine. <laughs> and you just get that sense with Robertson. So I really hope that he is just going to kick on with Clark um, and playing just left back, not playing left wing back. I think he is, he's one of the best left backs in Europe. And I think you put your best players in the position they're comfortable in. Yeah. And I think that Robertson can make that work, that he can make that his own and O'Donnell couldn't be the more solid option on the right. Um, yeah, I think
1: that, that should work. Our left wing at the moment looks lethal. Yeah. Andy Robertson and Ryan Fraser, I think, have those two positions made for mm. them in the Scotland team. And if they can team up to a strong extent down mm. that left side, mm. there's going to be so much service for whoever is playing up front. And that brings us on nicely, actually, to the next topic. Mm. Who is going to be Scotland's striker going on? Not just the next two games, but the rest of the year. Because Mm -hmm. when you've got probably James Forrest on the right, Ryan Fraser on the left, and then overlapping wing-backs and service from central midfield, Mm -hmm. there's somebody somebody needs to be on the end of it that has that instinct to finish. Obviously, Griffiths would be the one, but we don't know when we're going to see him in a football Mm -hmm. shirt again, let alone a Scotland one. Mm -hmm. So what are the next options? Well, I know Griffiths,
0: hopefully... You know, with a closed season, you know, maybe Griffiths could come back into preseason training, and build himself up. Maybe that's a more, a bit more of a normal, natural way to come back into it, rather than coming in right at the end of the season. You know, they were trying to rush him back for the final, or there was talk of him coming back for the final. But you know, why don't you do it more sensibly and you know, build him up over the closed season when there's a lot less media focus, and then eventually he'll be obviously playing in preseason. Hopefully, so I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be, you know, Touchwood back for the the rest of the campaign mm-hmm. um, Stephen Naismith I still think he has quality you know. and you've seen the amount of goals he's scored despite being injured this season yep. and the amount of goals he's got for Scotland I would still have him certainly in the mix and if you give him service which like you were just talking about the service he could get I think he would put chances away um, and then Fletcher for me I would still probably have the, the rear of those couple as a first choice um, I still think he would score If he had service from all of those He was getting four or five chances a game I think he would score one or two Which might be enough I, we, you know, We're not blessed up front But I still think those three Between them Would be enough
1: to get goals Do you think Ollie McBurney Is going to be in the reckoning 24 goals in 47 games this season In the Championship Linked with a move now to Sheffield United who have been promoted mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's hard to argue against them and
0: I've always I've always thought there's something there you know you see the way he moves and the way he holds the ball up I think there is a player there and maybe Clark is the guy to get it out of him you know if he moves on okay that's great you know it shows that he's well thought of and he's done well and he has them brilliantly in the championship um, but Clark could maybe be the one to help him kick on and bear himself even more you know we've tried him in the national team so he's, he's got those first few nervy caps out of the way you know. If Clark can come in and build him up, you know you are an international player. You're scoring goals. You know I'm going to give you the players that are going to give you chances. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be the difference for him, and maybe we'll see him just move on to that next wee level. He he has come close in his in his few games, but we really need him. You know maybe the Cyprus game is the one to yeah. give him. You know with Griffiths and Na- Naismith not available, and say, look, this is your chance. I'm going to give you a lot of opportunities against a fairly weak opposition. Go and score a couple of goals. You know you could be the Scotland hero. Yeah. I think that could he could yet, but he could yet come good,
1: and I would love him to because you know we need we need a striker. We've we've if been if in this position for a while. If the argument is you play, the two arguments I suppose you play your best players no matter how they're performing because you've kind of got a club mentality, or you play the form players. Mm-hmm. At the moment for Scotland, th- that is the position where nobody can really claim mm-hmm. it because I don't think. Because Griffith I think because Griffiths is injured, we don't really have a best player no. in, the, in the number nine position. As far as form goes, he's far out far mm. out in front. Yeah. Ollie McBurney. Mm. Better than a goal every two games. Mm. It's like, a tough league, the English Championship. Absolutely. And with Fletcher unlikely to be in this squad in June, and then Naismith injured, Griffiths injured, mm. it's a chance for him really to seize Mm-hmm. the jersey if he does well mm-hmm. and he came up, I, th- I suppose Ollie Burks not covered himself in glory since he came up here yeah. Matt Phillips couldn't even tell you where he is just now sadly <laughs> Mark McNulty started off well at Hibs kind of tailed off didn't mm-hmm. do much in the two sub appearances he had under McLeish Mr Sitter and San Marino mm-hmm. Jack Harper is one to keep an eye on for next season I would think now playing well going to be playing La Liga football with Getafe mm-hmm. Europa League football it really, in my opinion, a real big chance for Mick Burnett. The only other one that I think might sneak into the squad because of the connection to Clark is Eamon Brophy. Yes.
0: And again, I think I would argue that he's probably earned that. Um, you know, I think he's got 11 or 12 goals this season. Um, he's quick. I like his, you know, speed. He can go past people. I would, when you look at the top scorers um, in Scotland, you know, And we're looking for someone that's going to score us goals. I think Clark could maybe get the best out of him in these next couple of games and then maybe assess where we think, you know, if he plays a blinder against Cyprus and does okay against Belgium, you know, then keep him in. Um, I I think he's 23, you know, there's plenty of time left for him. Um, If he's playing European football with Kili next season, you know, I I don't think you can really argue that he doesn't deserve a chance um, given... You know, as we say, that there's not as many options. I think Harper must have something about him. If you know a team chasing the Champions League in Spain wanted to sign him, you know they want him to be the guy to help push them on. Um, I'd like to see. You know, it would be great if we could have a a La Liga (laughs) player that was uh, competing against the best, and um, you know he could he could again go on. I'd I'd like to say I think McBurney is probably on form, and I would give him this chance and say, you know. Go and prove, you know, that you can be our number nine, and I will back you. I think Clark's that kind of guy yeah. that's, you know, with young players especially because McBurney's still young. Um, he's not the finished article at all, um, but he's already scoring a lot of goals. So mm-hmm. if you can work on the, the other parts of his game,
1: he could yet be an international striker. Brophy and McBurney are obviously very different. One is, I think McBurney's fairly tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brophy is not, <laughs> and uh, McBurney, I think. He's got double the goals that Brophy's got this season But Brophy's just a pest mm-hmm. I've, I've seen him a lot And he never gives defenders A moment's piece, but, and it's He picks his time though To right. go and press He doesn't just chase the ball down like no, a bull in a yes. china shop He picks his moment and he's got very good acceleration He's strong, he's a very stocky boy mm-hmm. He's ice cool from the penalty spot As well mm-hmm. um, I don't know who would be on Scotland's penalties at the moment Should we yeah. get one So I think there's definite promise for Brophy if, is, he, is he somebody who should be getting a start against Cyprus? I would say no. Is it worth having him in the squad, considering who the manager is mm-hmm. and what Clark was able to get out of him, mm-hmm. I would say potentially, given the injuries to some of our more prominent strikers, I think it's probably worth having a look at him, see mm-hmm. how he can come into the squad and settle. Exactly. Get him
0: in for the training. You know, See how he responds with the other players because that's, that's something in itself. And then I right, give him a sub appearance, you know, see what he does. He might absolutely, you know, tear them up, mm-hmm. and you just you don't know if he's at that level until you try him. And I think Clark maybe, given what Brophy has helped him achieve, will maybe feel a wee bit of loyalty and think, yeah. right, I'm going to call you up. It is Cyprus at the end of the day, you know. I don't think it's going to cause a fire if he doesn't get called up. And let's see, let's see how he does. And as you're saying with the pressing, I think that's something that Clark will want his whole team to do it might help him having someone that's done that for him already in training passing that message on as well and showing by example You know, this is how hard we work in training this is how hard we press during the game that might actually help um, the whole squad going forward
1: Well, It'll be interesting to see if he hangs around at Kelly this summer I know there were a few championship teams keeping an eye on him in uh, January I think it was A couple more talking points one of them I'm keen to hear your opinion on you see Motherwell play a lot in your job in your capacity as a reporter, David Turnbull. Proceed. Proceed. Hi. So, um, yeah, towards the end of last
0: season, the chairman said, you know, they've got a boy coming through that's the most talented kid he's ever seen, um, with the ball at his feet. And even though he didn't start the season straight away, he has just absolutely, you know, skyrocketed. Um, he, he's the top scoring Scot in Premier League at 19 from midfield. I mean. For me, he has to be called up. I think if you don't call him up, I just think it's it's just unfair. You know what more could he have actually physically done for a mother team that was struggling until the latter part of the season? I think he got five assists as well. His his free kicks are deadly. His passing is deadly. His finishing, volleys, long range, close range. He's got everything you could want. He's got the he has got the world at his feet. And you know there's a lot of big clubs looking at him. I think. He should definitely be in the squad. Um, you know, make a statement. You know, if you play this well, you know, you get in the squad. Um, I'd love to see him play for Scotland. Just how how highly
1: do you think of him on a personal note? What sort of level do you think he could go on and play at? I think he could.
0: It's so hard at this age, you know, because next season might not be the same. We were basing him on one season, but if you just. Sometimes you just look at a player and you know that they've got that quality. When he receives the ball, he is not panicking. You know. It's so rare in midfield, you know, these days that you get someone that gets the ball in a tight situation with players around him and he doesn't panic. He picks his head up, he's, and he, he looks for passes all the time. He's that classic sort of like ten midfielder that is always looking, how can I get someone else in if I'm covered? Mm-hmm. Or how can I create space to to bring other people in? Um, I think he could play in the Premier League in England. He could play for a Spanish team. I think there's a few Premier nice League Spanish. clubs looking at him. exactly. And I think there's the way he plays would suit a Spanish team as well because he's so good at keeping the ball. You know, retaining the ball. His passing is his spot on. You know, I, I honestly think he could really go far. And we would be. I think it would be silly of us to not get him. You know, he's he's playing for the under 21s anyway. But I think I've. For what he's done this season I think he's earned a shot at it This these two games and then see how he does
1: OK now one thing I want to speak about before we finish Steve Clarke has said that the qualification group the one not in the Nations League the qualification group is his priority that's mm-hmm. where he wants to find success he's not relying on the Nations League mm-hmm. I think that that is probably a wise decision because it's, if we beat Finland in the semi-final of the Nations League the chances are we're going to come up against Serbia in the final Mm. in a one-off game I quite frankly don't have much confidence in us to get past them Serbia are a wildly good team Mm. I think one of their players has just been bought by Real Madrid for 60 million Jovic Mm. the left winger I'm sure he's Serbian Mm. they've got a plethora of talent that we don't Mm. and uh, we need to hope that they qualify automatically from their group they've got Portugal and Ukraine as the other two threats mm-hmm. in their group and they've played one, drawn one, which was against Portugal Serbia. so they're off to a decent start I think we need to hope that Serbia qualify for us to have a realistic chance mm-hmm. in the playoffs of the Nations League, they would be replaced by Romania who were at the Euros incidentally in 2016 mm-hmm. decent team, but not on the same level yeah. as Serbia so do you think that because, because Serbia would be the favourites for the Nations League I think we need to go gung ho for qualification hope that we can claw at Russia back beat them at home maybe get a draw away and suddenly it would be in our hands again mm-hmm. i certainly
0: think given that we didn't lose both of the first games there's still so much to play like i think it would be really it would be really stupid to just say right you know we'll ease off for these next games because we know we've got the the playoff which, to be honest, kind of ended up being the support for McLeish thing, you know, oh, we will give him these because he got us the playoff. But what is the point in in going into the playoff cold and then losing in the semi or the final? That's That would be such... Can you imagine the pressure on that final from the media, from the fans? You know, what are the chances that these players are going to be able to cope with that against a team that's better than them? You know, I totally understand and it's also about getting the winning mentality in as well you know, if Clark, you know, as an underdog he wants to bring that underdog thing you know, that we're going to go and do better mm-hmm. than we should then qualifying from the group is better than we should on the seedings and on recent yep. form so I think he wants to instil that in the players that they believe that they can do that um, and then even if we fall short even if it's at the end as it generally is, we know that we have that playoff and he's already built that into them, you know, that this is what we're going to try and do and um, so I think it makes total sense to, you know, don't abandon a campaign two games in. Um, you never know, we might get a bounce, so we might draw with Belgium, we might pick up a point, we might even pick up three. And then imagine. Imagine. And then, uh, and then who knows, you know, we could be going to try and win the group, you know, try and finish second. It's certainly, certainly the, the correct mindset in my opinion.
1: I think we'll have a better idea of second place being achievable or not when, is it, October because we, mm. we, we have Belgium and the second game of this doubleheader is Belgium then it is Russia-Belgium it's a doubleheader yeah. sept- is it September? yeah I think yeah and then first game in October is Russia mm. uh, at home to say. he needs to work quickly yeah which is a, a massive massive that one in September mm. is massive mm. if we can get out of that undefeated I mm. think game on
0: Oh, absolutely, and with Clark, you know, if you'd have said those games before with McLeish in charge, I would be, you know, shaken. But with Clark, I don't, there's already this sort of resolve, which I think comes from his character. Mm-hmm. You know, you just suddenly feel like, actually, maybe we won't be that easy to beat, and hopefully the players will pick that up from him, which it seems to have happened wherever he's been. You know, the, the players have responded to him. I
1: don't see why that shouldn't happen this time. So. Some, some of his stats I've written down here from his time at Kelly 79 games and average points per game of 1.77 that is wild mm-hmm. for Kelly to be nearly yeah. nearly 2 points a game crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. most league points in the Premiership throughout the calendar year of 2018 Which, played, played, played even re- that in itself I know, know it's,
0: if you compare it to the resources that they have compared to the bigger clubs yeah. it's
1: incredible Played Rangers eight times in the league, four wins, one defeat, three draws. Played Celtic same amount of times, or was it seven, I think, for Celtic, two wins, two draws, three defeats. And the win rate is 50% his time at Kelly. That, you think they on, were one on, game on away? Pa- on paper, you think 50% win rate, no, not great. But when you think uh. about it, to win half of your games in charge of Kelly, mm. it's not. When they
0: were one game away from going into the Championship... It's yeah. it is, it's incredible, and it is it is a similar job. the The turnaround needs to be of a similar standard, but at least we're going to someone that has proven that they can do it. And recently, this wasn't ten years ago. He's just coming off the back of this, so there should be momentum. You know, this was you know the reason that we really championed him to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't continue. So. But obviously the proof will be in the pudding and we'll
1: see in a couple of weeks that is nice to feel positive so we'll convene again after the, the double header um, whatever stage we're at maybe if we've got zero points or six we'll assess things yeah. hopefully it's uh, a positive result to look back on and Clark's got off to a flyer so thanks for tuning in again to the Ham's and Noir I was Andy Barge with me was Ben Ramis join us again in a couple of weeks